You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Hope you are all doing well. If this is your first time listening to a Locked On Boston College podcast, I am your host. I do this every day. We do a five-day-a-week podcast where we get into everything Boston College, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, hockey. I've even gotten pushed by some listeners to get into some of the other sports and to kind of bring them up. So, I have a new one today that I have not brought up, and you're going to want to hear that. On today's show, we are going to talk about Pro Day Part 2 with Mitch Wolf. I'm going to pose a question, and I want to get your feedback on this. Who will be a head coach at another place other than Boston College first, Tem Lokabu or Jeff Halfley? That's a question I'm going to pose in our third segment. And then I'm going to get into some news, and I'm going to talk about an article I saw by Grant Salzano of BC Interruption and how it views BC and their youth heading into these tournaments, which has been a big issue with Boston College. And I want to kind of give my thoughts on some of the things he said because I thought he brought up some great ideas. But let's hit some news first. There wasn't really a lot of news on Monday. The big news piece had to do with some football news. And and I actually I'm going to, I'm going to put this not as news but as something that – um, I, I feel like you as listeners might want to know about. So uh, over the weekend, Jeff Halfley during his press conference brought up that Cam Arnold is going to be a linebacker this year. If you remember last year when Mike Palmer went down and then Deion Jones went down, Cam Arnold was one of the safeties as a true freshman that jumped in and played for Boston College. He was big in that UVA game. I know the defense was played, played pretty poorly in that matchup, but Cam Arnold was there and... Uh, they're going to move him. It makes a lot of sense, though. If he's a safety, if he has the – maybe if he put on a little bit of weight, he could play that linebacker because there's going to be much more spots available at linebacker than there is at safety this year when you have four guys that could be playing with Deion Jones, Mike Palmer, um, Jaden Lars Woodby, and Javon Muse all returning. So you have four like you know veterans coming back. You want to get Cam Arnold on the field if you can. So he's going to be playing at linebacker. The other piece that Jeff Halfley brought up that I thought was interesting, and I'm sure fans are not going to be all that happy about it, is they're working Travis Levy into being an every-down back. Now, as I've talked about on this podcast, Levy, for me, has always been this third-down back, you know, right? So he's a guy that can get a couple yards here. You know, he's a threat in the pass game. He can do a lot of different things. I've never really envisioned him being an every down back, but you know he. I, I, I give him credit. He has uh, a great mentality to play, and I know Jeff Halfley thinks the world of him. So we'll have to see how he produces because I truly do believe, though, if Jeff Halfley tries out and he doesn't work, that he'll try something else. You know, he'll go to the next guy. So um, I think it's worth it. You know, Levy came back. Might as well give him a shot at it. See if he can he can win it in camp. But I thought those were two interesting football pieces I hadn't brought up. Actually, I brought up Cam Arnold before because um, I said Max Richardson had seen uh, said something on Twitter about it. So you would have heard it here first if you listen to Lockdown Boston College. Uh, but Halfley confirmed it. So I just wanted to bring those two pieces up. Another piece of football news, if you're interested, is that Mike Dawson, who used to be uh, the special teams coordinator at Boston College um, under Frank Spaziani from 2009 to 2011, 
is now going to be uh, promoted at Nebraska to have many of the special teams coordinator roles. Now, um, head coach Scott Frost won't give him the official position because there's another coach on the roster that's doing like a few different pieces of the special teams uh, job. But Mike Dawson uh, will be taking over that. Now, he's the outside linebackers coach at Nebraska. um, But, you know, I love to bring up things that I see from other schools where, you know, it's former BC players. And that was, speaking of former BC players, um, another former BC basketball player uh, popped up on my feed the other day that if you remember in the off season of 2020, Chris Heron Jr. had transferred from Boston College to San Diego and, you know, he was looking for, you know, a better role and he played this year. I think he only averaged a few points here and there, but he's giving up ba- uh, basketball, I believe, to play football. So he's not going to play basketball anymore. So uh, that kind of gives you a hint on how uh, Jim Christian did on evaluating that that um, that recruit when he came in. Now, the big piece I wanted to talk about before we hit our break is Grant Salzano, BCInterruption.com. You know, they the BC Interruption uh, was a site I used to write for. Uh, they they cover hockey a lot, and they bring up some really good points. And I thought this was a really good one. Now, if you listen to last night's or sorry Sunday night's game between Boston College and St. Cloud, the announcers hammered home. That St. Cloud had a ton of experience. They had, um, they were the 15th oldest team. They had seven players on the ice who had 100 plus college games, while Boston College only had one. Now, Salzano's um, article talks about how a lot of the Blue Bloods, you know, they are recruiting a, a lot of kids that are one and done. So that kind of puts them at a disadvantage when they get to these tournaments because you get teams like Minnesota State, Bemidji State, and St. Cloud that are building and developing players. They're getting older kids. So when you see like a BU, a BC, Wisconsin, and Minnesota, they're they're throwing out 18 and 19-year-olds against 23-year-olds out there, you know, guys that have been on rosters for five years. And that puts Boston College at a disadvantage. Now, this didn't have to always be the case. Burnt Boats on Twitter uh, brought up a great point. You know, he talked about how the way that NHL is viewing college players has adjusted over the years. So back in the day, you know, you would have great players on Boston College, but they would stay for four years. But now the NHL realizes that their talent is there and they, they're sniping them and getting them to sign after one or two seasons. So a team like Boston College is constantly going to get the top rated recruiting class, but they're not going to get the seasoned veterans to build their team around. Now they get guys here and there, you know, I think it was, you know, Sozano brought up that Logan Hutsko was a big loss for Boston College and there's a few others, but the core of that team was young. You had Alex Newhook, you had um, Nikito Nesarenko and Spencer Knight, all young guys. And I think Boston College and these other teams that all got waxed in in this uh, NCAA tournament, you know, they're they're playing with different um, systems here. So it ends up biting them in the butt. And I'm not sure if Jerry York and his time left at Boston College is going to have to adjust his his recruiting and try to get guys that are going to stay longer instead of the the hot shots that are going to leave after a year or two or if he's just going to continue doing this it's it's hard to say but it was an interesting article head over to bcinterruption.com and read Salzano's work i thought it was really interesting um and and definitely gives you a perspective on why boston college lost and where they're at as a program 
And speaking of that, Mike Hardman, one of Boston College's players, I think he was a defenseman, has already signed with the Chicago Blackhawks after, I think, two years with the Eagles. So you see, it's just happening. And you don't know what's going to happen with, you know, Matt Boldy and Alex Newhook and Spencer Knight. They could all leave, and that would be one, one, two years out of those guys. And then you're going to get more freshmen in that are young and haven't gone through this. Now, is that going to put those other schools at an advantage? It's definitely, you know, you... you you don't want to hark back to the times of Steve Adazio with with the youth excuses, but when you're having 18-year-olds playing against 23-year-olds, it's a big difference. So I think it's uh, something worth looking at, and, and I, I thought Grant did a great job with that article. But first, let me tell you about our friends at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. If you're a do-it-yourselfer or a professional, they give you the same low prices all the time and they have everything from control modules to brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpets. Now, all you need to do to go to rockauto.com is check out their catalog. It's easy to, to navigate. You just put your make and model in boom, everything pops up in what they have. And they have reliably low prices for everyone. So go over to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Now let me tell you about one of my favorite podcasts. It's the Locked On Today podcast. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black. With me again, I have Mitchell Wolf of the Brawl Network. Mitch is a Boston College grad who is a writer for the site. Mitch talked to us yesterday about Hunter Long. He's here to talk more about Pro Day and some of his other thoughts. Mitch, how's it going? It's going great, AJ. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, yeah, this yesterday's conversation was great. So we're going to talk about some of the other players. So we, if you have not caught Monday's episode, Mitch got really involved and talked about what Hunter Long did and said at his pro day. And obviously there were other players who were also performing at this event. Mitch, talk about, you know, either Max Roberts, Max Richardson, or Isaiah McDuffie, and what stood out to you about their performances? So the first guy I'm going to talk about is Max Richardson, because uh, there was a lot of uh, kind of things that surprised me about Max Richardson uh, in the entirety of this pro day. So uh, first of all, apparent just was actually revealed when Jeff Hafley was on before the players came on. Uh, he said that Max Richardson was down to 223 pounds, which was very surprising to me because I, I, I even forgot that Richardson was listed at 230 on the BC website last year, but I seem to remember him being a lot bigger. So I'm not sure. And then I asked him, you know, he said he played at 228 to 230, which was very surprising to me. I thought he looked a lot bigger, but so he's down to 223 at the pro day. Um, and a lot of his drills were really good. Uh, he ran a 424 in the short shuttle, a 7.2 in the three cone, which were very solid numbers. Um, the one issue though, is that his 40 yard dash was not great. He ran a 482 and a 488, which yeah, averages out to about a 485. Um, and the problem with that is, is, you know, if you're a smaller linebacker, like he would be at six foot two twenty three, you've got to be fast. You, 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 you got to be able to get places quickly, uh, in a straight line. So that's going to be a bit of a problem for him with getting NFL teams to, uh, you know, spend time with him, spend draft capital on him. So, uh, his jumps were good, but again, that 40 is going to be a big detractor in terms of his draft stock. Yeah. And I know that for a lot of folks, that's a, that's a big one. But I, 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 I know, Mitch, we were talking off the air about this, that Max also – he seems to have some of those intangibles too, or, you know, the, the leadership quality, the ability to 
to um, come across as very studied and, and well, you know, like he, he just, you get the impression that Max gets himself prepared as well as anyone on that team. What, what were your thoughts about how he kind of came across after, after the um, pro day? Yeah. I mean, I haven't been in this business as long as you or pretty much anybody, but uh, he was probably one of the most eloquent players I've ever heard in a press conference. Uh, he, uh, he said that the pro day went excellent. He felt overprepared. Um, he said the coaches and Jeff Hapley, you know, kind of gave him a list of specific drills so they knew what he was going to do. Um, but the way he was just talking about himself as uh, he thinks of himself as an intellectual player, he called himself the most intelligent player on the field. Um, and he talked about also how, you know, COVID helped brought the team together and how he became a leader while they were in that COVID bubble. And he even mentioned, he says, uh, you know, my, one of my biggest aspirations is in the NFL is to become a captain. So I think that even though that, that 40 yard dash might be, a, uh, might scare some teams away. I think that, Max Richardson's leadership, uh, his the mental aspect of his game, um, and the fact that he's a very a very solid tackler. I think that that will at least get him some looks from NFL teams as like a special teams ace. Yeah, and so probably for Max, it sounds like he might be one of those guys that gets an undrafted free agents free agent um, deal after the draft. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I I, I I'm hoping for Max to get drafted, obviously, but uh, I, I would be surprised if he went. Uh, any earlier than the seventh round. Yeah. All right. So Max also talked about working out with his teammate, Isaiah McDuffie, a lot during uh, the off season and preparing together for this. Isaiah McDuffie, as I said on the site last week, has been getting a lot of attention from NFL scouts. He, he mentioned at least six to eight different teams that have contacted him already. What was your, what was your takeaways from uh, Isaiah McDuffie's uh, pro day? Yeah, I mean, Isaiah McDuffie had a lot of pretty similar numbers to Max Richardson. Um, their three-cone drills were pretty were almost identical. Uh, McDuffie actually ran the short shuttle slower, but the big difference was that Isaiah McDuffie ran a 4.640. And, you know, at 6.1227, that's right where you want to be. So that's impressive. In terms of his um, athleticism, there's a, there's a website called um, Relative Athletic Scores yeah, run by Kent Lee Platt, also known as Math Bomb. And he does, he has this formula where you can put in all these numbers and it spits out a, uh, what's called a relative athletic score. And it kind of um, moderates how athletic players based on their size. And uh, Isaiah McDuffie's relative athletic score was 606, which is uh, 832nd out of 2,111 linebackers that have been playing in the NFL since like 1987 until now, which was good enough for the 60th percentile of athleticism for his size. So um, I think that that, that McDuffie acquitted himself well uh, as well. And I think that the, he talked a lot about uh, playing different schemes and being asked to do a lot of different things. And I think that versatility, kind of how we spoke about Hunter Long, is what's going to help McDuffie in that he's been playing on-ball linebacker, off-ball linebacker. He's asked to drop in coverage, rush the pass, or stop the run. He's been asked to do everything. So I think that uh, will really help him in his quest to get drafted and play in the NFL. Now, do you – do you predict that McDuffie will get drafted or do you think he'll be in the same pool as uh, Max Richardson? Of the two, I would think McDuffie would probably be more likely mostly because of that size and versatility. But again, I, I think it would be surprising to me if he was drafted before the seventh round. Okay. And now, now I think, you know, when you're talking about the four, the, the player that seems to me to be the most distant in terms of, his ability to get to that next level will be Max Roberts. And, and that's not a knock on him because I, f- I felt like he had an excellent year for BC and really opened some eyes. 
but where where does he stand after pro day uh mitch yeah in terms of his athleticism um his vertical jump was really good i think he led the all the bc players with vertical jump of 36 and a half inches but um his speeds his speed and agility drills the 40 yard dash the short shuttle three gun were all um subpar at best i would say um so and Max Roberts is kind of a, his body shape is a little weird just in that he's like 6'1", 250. So um, you're not really sure where to play him. He obviously has played at a lot of different schools. I think he was at Fordham, then Maine, then BC. So he's kind of bounced around. So it's hard to get a read on him. And he wasn't even playing like consistently at BC. So it's hard to get, you know, quality film on him to understand what kind of player he is. So um, I'd be very surprised if Max Roberts gets drafted. All right. So those were our four. And, and then there were 12 other players. And I, I had some people tweeting at me and asking me questions about that. Now, from what I've heard, obviously, because they've gone through this process before, they're not draft eligible, but they're players that could get picked up um, at the next level to, to go to camp, to, to become practice squad players. Were there any stats or, or um, any numbers that popped out of any of the uh, 2009, 2020 players that were at pro day uh, did any of their numbers stick out to you yeah i would one maybe two guys stuck out to me uh ben glines who was the uh, running back wide receiver hybrid for bc in 2019 uh, who kind of filled in for aj dillon when he was hurt um he put up some good numbers uh his short shuttle was 4.28 his three cone drill was 6.8 which getting under seven is awesome um his his relative athletic score was a 7.33 which is uh 391st out of 1463 so that's that's pretty impressive and I think Glines you know will be he's like kind of like McDuffie's he brings that versatility in terms of he can be a running back he can be a wide receiver he can play on special teams he can do a lot of different things so um I'd probably say of the 2019 guys he would be the most likely to you know get a camp invite and maybe sign on as a UDFA the other one I thought initially might be Mediala Track, the former uh, strong safety from BC, as he ran a 4 5 5 40, which is pretty solid. Um, and his agility drills and jumps were okay, but um, I, I would definitely say that Glines would be, I would say, the betting favorite among the 2019 returnees of the Pro Day. Great. Thanks, Mitch. Anything else that you wanted to talk about about Pro Day? Was there any last comments that you had before we head out? Um, I think. I, I think the only thing I would talk about is uh, Jeff Hapley. He was the first guy on the uh, Zoom call for the media availability. And uh, admittedly, I missed a little bit of the beginning of it. But um, I asked him uh, did if his NFL, if his time in the NFL informed how the pro day was conducted and what advice he gave to the players based on his background. And uh, he basically said he, you know, kind of has been talking with all these players throughout the process, you know, taking their questions, telling them like, hey, this is how the day is going to be scheduled. This is what you're going to have to do. Um, and I think that, you know, based on Max Richardson comments, you know, I think he did a great job preparing his players. And that also feeds into another question I asked him, which was, um, you know, recently Matt Milano, Justin Simmons, and John Johnson, who were all BC players, admittedly not while well, Halfley was the coach, but they all recently got really big contracts in the NFL. And I asked him, um, how does that help build BC's brand and help him with recruiting? And he said, you know, he was like, you know, it helps, but he, and it, the thing he really focused on was saying how BC prepares you to be a, a good man as opposed, not as opposed to, but in addition to be a good football player and um, becoming a good, good person is really what was the most important thing. And he said, BC is, that's what BC is all about, not just football, but how to become a good man and get one of the best degrees in the country. But he, and of course he said, you know, those big contracts help us, uh, build our brand and allow us to to recruit better players and become a more competitive football team. 
All right, Mitchell Wolf, where can people find you uh, on the web and on social media? Sure. Uh, so I'm at Mitchell T. Wolf on Twitter and Mitchell T. W. O. L. F. E. And uh, I, like I said, I'm writing for the Brawl Network, trying to cover NFL draft. You know, we're in the throes of the process right now. So we're churning out as many prospect profiles as we can. So if you uh, want to get more informed on, you know, the draft process and the players that are in it, especially BC players, you can head on over there. I just released my um, underlong scouting report and I should have uh, maybe a seven round mock draft coming up probably at the end of this week. All right, great. Thanks, Mitchell. We'll have to have you on again soon. Take care. Thank you. Now, let me tell you about the great folks at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football's over, but college basketball is still in full swing, and MLB is right around the corner. They even have odds on award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline has you covered for all the new scores and odds. The best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Now, all you have to do is head over to the website, betonline.ag, and use promo code locked on and you'll receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Now again, that's 50% on your welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code locked on. betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. We have been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now it is time to find out which the Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness time. Today's matchup is between chocolate chip cookie dough and cookies and cream. Holy moly, are we getting into some good ones here. Now, cookies and cream, I I like that. That's like my favorite type of bar, like one of my favorite types of bar. But chocolate chip cookie dough, they sent me as like a promotional before. I got a couple of them. I ended up buying a whole box myself. So I have to go with chocolate chip cookie dough because you get like the, the, the chunks of the cookie dough in there just like you do like when you get ice cream. I actually had one while I was um, doing work this afternoon with my co- iced coffee. It was it was amazing. You got to check it out. So head on over to BuiltBar.com or at bar.built underscore built on Twitter. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black here. Now, I've told you all about our social media. You can find me on Locked On BC and AJ Black underscore BC on Twitter. And we're on Facebook and Instagram. But I wanted to announce today that we have a new social media channel for you to check out. And that is YouTube. That's where all the kids are at. So I made myself a BC Bulletin YouTube channel. Um, It'll probably mesh with Locked On Boston College. Um, I might end up with my own Locked On Boston College channel, but we'll we'll just work with this now. So all you need to do is go on YouTube, hit BC Bulletin into the search bar, and you will get all my videos. I, I uploaded a couple that I've used. Um, and I, there'll be ones of me. I, I has the one with Kim Becker and Jim Mora up there. And any new videos that I have will be uploaded. All I need you to do is head on over to YouTube and subscribe. Find BC Bulletin on YouTube and subscribe. And you're doing me a huge favor. So check that out. We'll be doing some like live. I'll stream stuff live on there and all sorts of good stuff. So you're going to want to check out BC Bulletin on YouTube. Now, our final segment, I wanted to talk about... Uh, a thought. I love to think about how things, are, you know, 
might play out in the future. And my thought was, who will leave Boston College faster to become a head coach somewhere else? Will it be Tim Lokabu or will it be Jeff Halfley? Now, I think if you asked most people, they probably would say Jeff Halfley. You know, he's a hot young coach that many schools want. Many big programs are probably going to start knocking on his door soon. And maybe the NFL. But I get this sneaking suspicion that Tim Lokabu is going to become one of the it coordinators in the next year or two. And I think when BC's defense... I, I know they weren't perfect last year, and believe me, there were many issues with that defense, but they took steps in the right direction, right? They, they cut down on almost every metric to get in, a, in better shape, and they're only getting better. They're getting more and more talent on that defense. I think they're going to get better, and who's going to get the, the, the looks? It's Lokabu, and he has, he has a lot of the criteria and the qualities that Jeff Halfley has that makes him so attractive. Now, he's not going to get looked at right away from like an Ohio State or Michigan. That's not what I'm saying here. But could I see Tim Lokabu getting like, you know, a Mac level program uh, job offer or, you know, one of those group of five schools? Absolutely. I could see that happening faster than Jeff Halfley leaving. Because I I honestly believe the more and more I hear Halfley talk, I think he's going to stay at BC for a little while. You know, it'll take a big, big, big program to get him out of here. He's not going to just leave to go to – I honestly think if Michigan called, I don't I don't think he'd leave. You know, it's going to have to be a special program for him to go uh, and leave Boston College. Um, and it could be the NFL too. So, that you know – but I, I think I think Lokobu, give him two years and he's going to be a, a very, very attractive co- uh, coordinator somewhere. And I, I, you know, what bums me out when you when you talk about that though, is if Jeff Halfley was to leave before, I'd love Lokabu to be um, the next coach here. I think I, I I get the sense when I talk to him, and, and we go to those press conferences and listen to him talk, he's got a mind that's so similar to Halfley. I think he'd be perfect if he stayed here. So, my I know some people are not fans of him, which I, I you each have your own opinions, but. I think he's a very, very up-and-coming coach. Um, and so I was just thinking, I was like, I think he's going to leave here before Jeff Halfley does, um, and he'll be a head coach somewhere else. So that was my thoughts. Do you agree with me? Head on over to Locked On BC. I'm going to put a little poll up in the morning um, and ask you, who do you think will leave first here at Boston College, Jeff Halfley or Tim Lokabu? And I don't mean to put this out there to make it negative or or, or depressing because I you know, like, oh, I don't want either of them to leave. No, it's just a, it was just one of those things. Like sometimes when there's not a lot of action going on, my brain goes to like, hmm, what are some thoughts and like different topics I could talk about? And that was one that I've talked about with some BC friends. You know, that was one of those conversations that we were having. Like, hey, do you think he would leave? And that that was what my thoughts on that. So on tomorrow's show, we're gonna t- get into. I'm gonna get in a little bit more about that hockey game because I, I have Jack Coleman coming in who announced the game for WZ. CBC uh, uh, radio for Boston College. And I'm going to get his perspective on the game, what he saw, what it was like doing this during the, the pandemic. I kind of want to hear what he has to say. Uh, so he's going to sit in on a segment with us and we'll, we'll jump in on any other Boston College related news on tomorrow's show. So thank you all for listening. If you haven't done so already, please like and subscribe to Locked On Boston College wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on all our social media. Again, check us out on YouTube. That's your that's your, your your homework from AJ today. And if you haven't already, 
Share this with a friend. Tell all your friends about Lockdown Boston College. We're trying to do some great things here um, and get some real energy behind Boston College sports. So um, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all again for tomorrow's show.